recording. Sounds okay. Let me boost that to 100%. This should be good. I'll boost it in post-production if that doesn't work. Okay, let's go live. <clears throat> Welcome to the Bigamex Radio Podcast, Instagram Live, and IGTV. No matter how you're taking this in, I appreciate you guys listening. And if you enjoy this, if you enjoy this podcast, if you enjoy the IGTV uh, episodes, or if you're watching this live and uh, you really do enjoy it, I hope that you share it with one friend. That's the fee. This is a free podcast or free Instagram live. Um, but uh, my fee to you is to bring me one like-minded individual who uh, loves motocross, loves motocross podcasts, and wants to listen to this podcast. That would be greatly appreciated. If you don't want to, totally fine too. Just keep enjoying, keep listening, and I'm glad to have you along with me. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt. I'm on all of these podcasts, and we're getting closer and closer to episode 800. I think we're, we're going to close in on in the next week or so because we just keep putting these episodes out. Uh, shout out to Roto MX. If you want to join me for this race review right now, Roto, you're more than welcome to. Otherwise, we're going to call each other later on. Um, but this would be a really cool impromptu um, race review. But anyway, I'm going to break things down how I saw them last night uh, in the 250 class and the 450 class. Uh, 800, believe the hype. I should have Mike Alessi on show 800. I should text him. Um, but uh, um, for those who are listening on the podcast, there might be some questions that I, I answer in the questions here uh, on the Instagram Live. All of three people watching right now, four people watching right now. Uh, but I just want to make this available in as many different avenues as possible. And uh, we're going to continue to do that. Shout out to everybody that's watching right now on, on Instagram Live. I really appreciate it, including my lovely girlfriend, um, Brienne, who is, uh, who's watching all the way from uh, the other side of town. So let's break this thing wide open. Let's, let's talk about the 250 class. Uh, and you can't get too far into it without th talking about our certain... Yeah, absolutely. You got to have the, the, uh, the anima animation in the back. It's kind of funny that yeah, the jet's kind of just peeking in there uh, because we can, we'll get to his portion of the show in a few minutes here. Um, but uh, you can't get too far into this without talking about the current points leader. Extremely fast, so skilled, and uh, he's had it on display all season long right now. Five rounds, five podiums. The only guy who can say uh, can say that is Colt Nichols, and that's why he's got an 11-point po uh, points lead right now. Fantastic ride from Colt. He was out front. He led every single lap. Uh, actually, no, he didn't. He he inherited the lead after uh, Michael Moseman uh, destroyed, uh, what was that, uh, Max Miller. Uh, Max got a Dunlop right to the rib cage, and that uh, handed over the lead. And from there, it was all clear sailing uh, for one Colt Nichols, who... Uh, he had one of the fastest lap times of the of the race. Um, Mosman had one faster lap time than he did, but I imagine that was probably earlier in the race. Um, but for all intents and purposes, this was Colt Nichols' night, man. Uh, the guy's going fast. He's qualifying well. He's winning heat races. He's socking away all those all those bonuses for heat race wins and main event wins. And now he's got a decent sized points lead. 
And that's really, really important because we're not going to have a lot of jockeying for position right at the front of the pack. I think that's all that those are the only spots that can uh, can really have any say in this championship. And we know that because when you look at the lap times, and this is very telling, the, the fastest lap times were in the low 47 uh, second lap times. And that the only guys to put it uh, have lap times sub 49 or su- were the top three. Everybody else was 48 seconds or slower. Um, so he's on a roll. He's absolutely on a roll. Um, so Colt Nichols able to uh, consistently put in those fast lap times. Uh, Mosman was nipping at his heels, but obviously had his issue. Uh, a bad start for Shimoda kind of hampered his night, but the, the Kawasaki rider out of Japan had another top five performance. That's what you want to see. And my prediction is you're going to see Joe Shimoda be a championship container in 2022, uh, whether it's on the East or the West, of course, barring injury. But that's a caveat that you always have on these things. Um, literally everybody behind Joe Shimoda was a lap down. I, there was so many uh, outstanding performances from guys who you don't normally see up there. I believe we saw uh, a career best, Grant Harlan, Jeremy Hand, uh, Josh Varese, and I don't think it's a career best, but a great performance from uh, Josh Osby as well, who had a butt-ugly start in his own right. Um, pretty wild to see uh, how these things all, all panned out. Um, other guys of note, uh, of course, a lot of you probably had um, Logan Carnow on the uh, on your your fantasy team, he paid off for you. Kevin Moran's unfortunately didn't pay off as much as he, I wish he was going to for me. Um, but let's backtrack a little bit and talk more about the top three here. Uh, Christian Craig, second weekend in a row or second race in a row where we didn't exactly see um, that flash, that speed, that th- that X factor that we're used to seeing from Christian, um, and because of that. Five seconds plus behind. He he never put a lot of pressure on Colt Nichols. And if you if you saw him in the press conference today, he just looked frustrated. And, and I think a frustrated Christian Craig is a problem for him more than it is the rest of the field. I don't think that he's coming into each round with as much confidence and open mindedness that he needs to have to run up front. Uh, and up front, I mean ahead of Colt Nichols. Obviously, he's going to be in the top three because there's literally only four factory dudes in the in the class right now outside of, uh, I guess there's five, uh, if you include um, Jet Lawrence, who we don't know if he's going to be racing on Saturday. I would tend to believe he's probably going to, but with uh, a, I believe it's a first degree shoulder separation, um, how quickly he's going to be able to come back from that Lord knows. You know he's probably more sore today than he was last night, and he wasn't able to go last night. So um, still some, some balls up in the air for uh, for Lawrence. Now, Jet Lawrence went down in qualifying. He took two hard hits throughout the day. He's got a, a, a an order in right now for two brand-new helmets from from Red Bull slash uh, Alpine Stars. Um, he, he smashed his face, bleeding heat race he's he's looking strong he's out he's if not leading he was about to uh, to get into a, a leading position he goes down extremely hard basically wears the stadium floor for a hat uh and he was in big panic mode uh, obviously he was in a lot of pain he was able to win the lcq but on complete cruise control 
everybody who uh, was behind him was several seconds behind him. And just by his body language on the bike towards the end of that LCQ told me that he's not racing the main event. And that turned out to be the case. Now, let's talk about who got on the line because he pulled out. Now, it was always a plan, or it wasn't always a plan, but it was a plan for the AMA after not allowing Mitchell Oldenburg to race in the LCQ because they thought that he had an illegal frame. They pulled him out before the, the gate had dropped, that they would insert him as a the never-seen-before 23rd rider into the main event. How they were going to dole out points, I have no idea. Don't ask me. The AMA probably would have come up with some weird situation where four or five guys ended up getting one point at the end of the night, whoever finished towards the very, very back. Um, and, and you can get the full story by listening to the Big MX Radio podcast that I just put out which with Mitchell Oldenburg. He was very candid. He explained the whole deal about how they did not change frames. They couldn't have changed frames because they literally didn't even have one. The fact that they were putting it all together, they didn't let him race the, the LCQ, thus taking away his ability and his chance at qualifying. And I think most, if you ask most people, is asked if... If Mitchell Oldenburg was allowed to race in the LCQ, would he probably made it in with a healthy motorcycle? Absolutely. Of course, he ends up having a problem with that bike in the in the main event. It doesn't make it the full 15 minutes, and he doesn't even place anyway. So I really don't know what everyone's so upset upset about in that respect. As far as uh, should he have raced? Should he have not raced? Did Bobby Piazza get get screwed over? Like, no offense to Bobby Piazza, uh, if he would have been like kind of taken Jet's spot in the main event, I don't think he would have really done much with it, probably around a 17th position. Um, and unless you're playing Pulp MX Fantasy, that really doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. And um, if you want to talk about talent on the track and getting the best riders out there, I think it was the right move to put uh, Mitchell Oldenburg out there. He belonged out there, um, whether you think, so, whether uh, he qualified to be there or not. I think that uh, the AMA did the right thing by trying to right or wrong, by by putting him in the main event, no questions asked. Um, it's to my understanding that they gave him a new sticker for justice for probably, but yeah, buy the t-shirt. Uh, by all means, buy the t-shirt. Um, I think that what it really came down to was uh, the AMA admitting to a mistake that they didn't file the correct paperwork to upgrade the sticker and the number that was supposed to be represented on Mitchell Oldenburg's bike. Of course, uh, he ended up uh, not being pulled out of the LCQ, relinquished his opportunity to make it into the main, and the AMA did the best they could to try and right that wrong by putting him on the back row. They did not know at any point that uh, Jet Lawrence was going to pull himself out uh, with an injury and then Oldenburg slows it slides in there and then you as well as I am watching the uh, the main, main event thinking Oldenburg didn't even make make it in and all of a sudden he's sitting in fifth and I'm thinking to myself what is going on here Oldenburg is, is like is there a, just a scoring problem that, that I'm not that I didn't know about it all it's like comical uh, a comedy of errors collect and what you end up having is uh Jet Lawrence out, um, Mitchell Oldenburg in, and then you had a 23rd rider who actually didn't end up doing anything because he didn't make it uh, the, the amount of laps necessary to get anything other than dead last. So it kind of becomes a moot point. 
Uh, should Bobby Piazza have been uh, able to ride in there? Maybe. I don't know. Uh, I think the, the AMA is pretty bad at making uh, snap decisions like this. And uh, when it like when it can all go wrong, they choose that. They, like they, they choose that every time, which is a problem. Uh, but um, either way, I think it's uh, it's not something that we're going to see again. And uh, yeah, me, me and Roto are going to have to break this thing down on a podcast at a later date. But reality is... Uh, it didn't really affect the race all that much, given the fact that we had like eight guys that placed better than they ever had. And honestly, if if um, if Oldenburg doesn't have a bike issue and if he's not pulled off the line, Wilson Fleming doesn't even make it into the main event. And then uh, he doesn't end up 11th, which I believe is a career best. So let's just celebrate the fact that Wilson Fleming got a career best in Supercross um, and, and collected so many uh, championship points that he's likely going to have like uh, national number 65 next year because of that. And that's ridiculous. And that's a conversation for another point. Uh, if you bet on Luke Nice and... Uh, uh, Devin Harriman to make it in the main event on Pulp of Mix Fantasy, you probably beat me, but you deserve it because like you gambled like no tomorrow. Uh, like that, I was absolutely wild. Uh, and also, and I had to meet this person for the first time. He's from he's from PA. Uh, I don't think everyone was introduced to this weekend or on last night to Vincent Lehovi. This guy, like. I couldn't point out this guy in a in a with in a, a lineup of two people. No idea what this guy looks like. By his picture, he looks to be about 13 years old, and had himself a fantastic night. Vincent Lahovi. He finished 13 laps uh, on the night. Um, oh no, wait, that's that's Thomas Doe, uh, who also pulled off. He was doing well, and then much to the dismay of a lot of people, he ended up pulling off. Uh, John Short showing a DNS as well. Uh, so we had a lot of guys that didn't really uh, make it around the track too many times. Um, but Lahovi paid off for some people. Slosser paid off for some people. Same thing with Luke Nice, Camparisi, uh, Curran. I think there was nine guys that maxed out in Pulpamex Fantasy. If you didn't have a, a, a perfect team, uh, shame on you. Uh, like you had every opportunity in the world. Of course, I didn't. I had 40. Uh, the I had uh, was 10 points short of that. And I don't pick per first lap leaders for the most part. But uh, yeah, so the, the 250 class uh, right now, full control to Colt Nichols, uh, tailing in the rear, tailing in second place, and probably losing his mind right now. Is, is Christian Craig. Um, honestly, Christian Craig's got tons of talent, but I think that he's uh, definitely uh, got something going on between the ears that's 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 bugging him. Uh, he's talking about, like, um, in the press conference, about being away from his family for so long, never been away from my family for so long. Like, it's 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 been less than a week. Like, he, he there his family was in Houston. He left for the races on Thursday. Like, you can't tell me that he hasn't. He's been like he's 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 been away that long. It's just kind of kind of scratching my head with uh, in terms of uh, Christian Craig right now. But either way, uh, he's relinquished the lead. Will he get it back? Only time will tell. Um, <clears throat> let's uh, switch things on over to the four fifties. Four fifty class. Ken Roxon two in a row. That is cool. Um, out of Germany. Uh, out of uh, Matstad, Germany, uh, he's he's feeling the flow. He's rock zen, the zen master himself. Uh, the red and white motif was absolutely 
fire. He looked unreal. He looks good on the bike. The bike looks good. I don't want to blow him too much. But Ken Roxon, if this continues, he had the fastest lap out of anybody in the main event. He had multiple laps that were faster than anybody in qualifying. Um, so for all intents and purposes, uh, Ken had himself a perfect night. Like just strong throughout, uh, very business-like the way he approached things. I think he led every, uh, just about every lap of the main event on a track that was extremely tough to pass on. There was only two real spots that you could stick it in on somebody and you basically had to dirty someone to make passes out there. But he looks solid, uh, a funny layout, and they're gonna have an even funnier one for Saturday because you, you know, like if you, you have three layouts, the third one is gonna be like the absolute, like that's the third best option as far as what you can actually do with that floor. Um, so we'll see what happens there. Justin Barsha, I said he needed a bounce back performance and he fucking got one. I love that. Justin Barsha on the gas gas. It's a little bit different color red uh, than, uh, the, than the red Honda, of course. And uh, honestly, I was really, really excited to see this guy ride this weekend or on two, last night. He looked, I keep saying this weekend because I'm so used to having uh, weekend races. But uh, what's up to uh, Talon um, on our Instagram Live? Um, but honestly, Barsha looked so solid, fast right out of the gates. And uh, honestly, if not for, I believe it was Carlin Gardner with about a lap to go, you might have seen a lap, la, la, last lap pass attempt from Eli Tomac. But Gardner got his nose in there, uh, kind of spoiled everything. And, and that's why the podium ended up the way it is. Um, obviously out front or up front early was Adam uh, Cienciarulo. He was holding up his teammate as well as Barsha. Honestly, riding in a way that you could just see him squirming. He wasn't totally settled. He wasn't settled on the bike. And uh, you can tell that there's a little bit of something holding him back, whether it's the elbow issue, a little bit of fitness missing a little perhaps. But that was the difference uh, of him getting caught by both Cooper and Plessinger late in the race. You hate to see it. But, uh, but that's the way it, it all panned out. In fact, in the, last, uh, in the last half of the race, he went from being down by 10 seconds to down by 31 uh, and, and almost got, uh, got passed by Zach Osborne on the last lap. He was, he was half a second behind. Uh, so he could have lost even more positions. Um, and you, get, you know that doesn't feel good for, uh, for Adam. He's, uh, he prides himself on going fast. I think he's missing a little bit of a tick uh, as far as the, the fitness is considered, just with not, not being able to train as, as well as he wanted to coming into the, uh, the, the season. And it's been a very grueling season. Six rounds in three weeks where otherwise, or two weeks rather, uh, rather than where you would have had three. Like literally you're racing twice as much. Shout out to Jonesy that just checked in from down and in Australia. I think the, the guys from uh, Moto Limited checked in a little bit uh, earlier as well. Shout out to those guys. They're excited about getting in the press conferences at, at Supercross. I got in earlier today uh, for the press conference. Didn't get to ask a question because uh, there was way too many guys in there asking questions. Uh, but that's an argument for another time. Um, but let, let's unpack a few more uh, results here. Another bad start for Zach Osborne moves himself out to seventh. Like it's 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 getting kind of like it's getting to the point where at the, at the beginning you're like, all right, ten ten, we know he's better than that. Ten ten nine, okay, like things are happening, but he's better than that. Ten ten nine five seven. 
says there's something going on with uh, with Zach Osborne's starts. Like he he needs to figure out how to get himself a start, stay up front. I think he's got the pace for it. Uh, he was going faster than a lot of the guys around him, but uh, like a 47 uh, second lap time is good. But he needs to be up front, and I think he can go with the leaders. He just hasn't been able to start there, and that's why uh, he's sitting. I believe he's still sitting ninth in points. Uh, Joey Savacci, right in behind. Another solid night for Joey. Probably paid off for you a little bit in Pulp Mex Fantasy. Uh, he, he finished just ahead of Dylan Ferrandez, the rookie out of France. Uh, solid, like, he's just kind of, like, quietly going about his business. Uh, as uh, And he's, he's still the, the top-performing rookie in this class that is so stacked. This class is so stacked, and there's so much talent. It absolutely blows my mind. Um, and But for the first time in a while, he wasn't the highest-placing uh, Yamaha. Uh, of course, he's had podium positions so far this season, but uh, he was bested by his teammate Aaron Plessinger, who, for all intents and purposes, this is um, this is like a like a year long tryout, I think, for for Aaron of uh, whether or not he's going to have a rate uh, have a uh, a team for next year. Uh, he's kind he seems like he's kind of already the odd man out with uh, the star team, although he's been there for a long period of time, although he has, he's won championships for that team on the 250, I think that that team is really excited about what uh, what Malcolm Stewart brings to the team. I think they're really excited about what Dylan Ferranis brings to the team. And they've got guys coming up that might take that spot. Maybe it's uh, maybe it's Jeremy Martin who has spent a career on the on the fourth the two fifties. If he wins a couple of championships this year, he's gonna want to move up. He wants that spot. Uh, so Aaron either needs to prove that he needs to have one of those spots at star, or he needs to have such great uh, finishes that another team like Hep Suzuki or something along those lines takes notice and hires him for twenty twenty two. Uh, much to the dismay of my uh, Publimex fantasy team, Marvin Muscan outside the top ten. That's gotta hurt. Uh, Twelve points on the night could have been could have been a whole lot better, especially how with how fast he was going. Um, and uh, it, it really it was it was a huge bummer. That's uh, like he he finished. He was the last guy that got got lapped, so they didn't lap all the way up to fifth like they did in the the two fifty. So they they lapped up to tenth. Um, or I guess they lapped up to ninth. Um, but Marv uh, just didn't have a night that you want to, to remember. Bad start, big issue, not huge issues, but never was able to move forward. Trying to fight through guys that are trying to move forward themselves is always a problem. Uh, I got him for wild card and pick him 14th. Oh, yeah, well, that's fair enough. Um, I apologize for those who are listening to this on the on. Uh, the podcast version. Every once in a while, I have to answer one of the questions in the chat for Instagram Live. Um, Chiz gonna Chiz continues 15th place. Fantastic, awesome ride. Uh, he's in his 30s. He's supporting his cell himself, a team Chiz, uh, as well as Ricky Fowler, um, and he's just putting in 15th rides. So you know what I mean? Like people don't talk about him. Uh, in the same vein as a Justin Bogle or a Martin Davalos or a Brandon Hartraft, but that's who he's racing around. Like he's he's decidedly better than all of the other straight up privateers, and I think that's really something that goes unnoticed. Uh, the fact that he's up there consistently. I'm actually going to text him after this and see if he wants to come on the podcast to talk about it, just because he's been he's just been that like next level guy who's got the speed. He pushes forward. He doesn't just roll around out there uh, and, and and end up like many many laps down. Like uh, it's just it drives me nuts when you see guys who uh, who just aren't um, 
aren't pushing all the way through the main event. Uh, other guys of note, of course, I mentioned earlier, Gardner, Carlin Gardner uh, was put placed a couple of laps down. Uh, he actually ended up getting in the way of Eli Tomac when he was making a last uh, last like last lap charge there uh, in the whoops, got in his way, and that was basically the deciding factor whether or not Eli was even going to get a chance at trying it. Uh, but he wasn't able to. Gardner ends up 18th ahead of Vince Freeze, who had uh, an issue in the main event. Of course, he had that issue in the LC and the heat race where he ended up going down to that tough block. I'm glad they got rid of it because that was giving people fits the entire time. Rounding out your uh, main event, Alex Ray, who after a Saturday where he, I didn't think he was going to be in tip-top shape come Tuesday, put her in the main. Awesome ride from, uh, from Alex Ray. Gutsy performance to get in there through the LCQ. Same goes for Cade Clayson. For the first time since Cade Clayson's um, his suspension, of course he raced in Canada, but this was the first Supercross main event that Cade Clayson made. Awesome shout out to him. Unfortunately, he didn't have, like he probably he kind of blew himself up and wasn't able to continue uh, going ongoing with uh, the, the uh, with the main event, he ends up a number of laps down, but to me, doesn't matter. He was out there and he was styling. I'm really impressed with how he rode. And uh, on top of that, uh, I also give a shout out to him because someone stole his fucking truck. Someone stole Cade Clayson's truck after the night was done and he got back to the pits uh, or back to the, the parking lot or wherever he left it. I'm, I'm sure it would have been covered in snow at the time. And uh, yeah, no truck for. Uh, Cade Clayson, huge bummer, and and he does not deserve that whatsoever. Nobody does. Uh, so on a night where he has the highest of highs, that's got to be around the lowest of lows uh, for Cade Clayson. That's a bummer, and uh, and obviously rounding out your podium or rounding out your whole main event is Justin Brayton, who had an issue uh, some on lap 16 and ended up having to DNF. I don't know who we got together with, but that was a bummer to see that he wasn't able to complete the race. Uh, Brayton, of course, if you had him in Pulpamex Fantasy, probably sabotaged your team. Um, the the podium or the the championship right now. Your current leader is Ken Roxon. He's got a tiny lead. It's growing though, um, and uh, it's it's like on like the rest of the, the rest of the guys. They gotta they gotta put a stop to this. They they gotta rattle off some wins. And honestly, he's got a little lead right now, but there's so much championship left to run. And with the, the rounds that are in Atlanta, as well as the, there being a, a long Daytona round, just you wait. This is going to be wild. I think at, uh, Eli Tomac has a decided edge when it comes to those outdoor-style supercrosses, and I wouldn't be surprised if he takes every single one of those rounds. Uh, so there's so much racing to be done yet. Uh, by the time Saturday rolls around, we'll have six rounds in the books, and uh, that is still awesome. We have 11 more rounds of Supercross after this Saturday night. So 12 more rounds of Supercross. Absolutely love it. But shout out to Ken, the Zen master himself. He's looking fantastic. He looks fit. He looks strong. He's pushing late in motos. He's putting in fastest laps. Uh, so unless someone can get in his way, look out. I appreciate everybody listening and watching, and for the four people that are currently watching on IGTV or Instagram Live, you guys are awesome. I love everybody that'll uh, come in and spend the time and watch this whole thing. Shout out to you guys, you're fantastic. If you enjoyed this, if you uh, if you really enjoyed the podcast and you're getting some value out of it, 
it comes to your phone for free, uh, but I would really appreciate if everybody could uh, go ahead and share it with one friend. Send me one friend so that I can continue to grow this podcast, get more people listening, and uh, keep this movement going. I know I see uh, uh, people adding me on Instagram all the time. Like My following on Twitter is getting bigger all the time. We are looking at possibly going to uh, to Twitter, uh, YouTube as well. So stay tuned for that. Uh, yeah. Good night, Lauren. That's awesome. Thanks for tuning in. And uh, yeah, thanks for tuning in on the podcast as well, guys. Always appreciate it. Love bringing you these these uh, podcasts day after day, week after week, as we creep a little bit closer to episode 800. You guys have a great rest of your night, and we'll chat again soon.